1: Hello and welcome to Season 2 of the Let's Talk Wrestling Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Kelby Bachman, and the song you just heard is We Are the Champions by Queen, and it is also the walkout song for the next guest on the show, Brett Hunter. Brett is a Rushville, Nebraska native, where he was a four-time state place winner and two-time Nebraska state champion. He went on to wrestle at Division II Shadron State in Shadron, Nebraska, where he became quite possibly the best wrestler to ever don the Cardinal in white. Brett was a two-time national champ, winning it at both 165 and 174 pounds. He is the school's only repeat national champion and also has the most wins in Shadron State wrestling history. As only luck would have it, Brett was named the interim head coach at Shadron State for the 2012-2013 season before officially becoming the head coach a year later. Let me just say this. If you're a current wrestler listening to this podcast and you are contacted by Shadron State to potentially wrestle for them, give them a chance. Because once you get to know Coach Hunter and the program he is building in western Nebraska, you'll fall in love with the place. With that being said, please sit back, relax, and enjoy Brett Hunter. Yeah, what do you do for, like, a recruiting weekend?
2: Um, yeah, for example, you know, they'll come. They'll probably come the night before. Um, we'll hook up with them and kind of check in with them, and then they'll come to our public practice. And then we'll do some uh, – our guys are going to do some signing of our posters for the kids, and then we'll probably do some media, uh, like, I'm trying to see pictures and go to the football game, get down on the field and just kind of – yeah, just hang out, I guess. Yeah.
1: Cool. Um, Where do you get a lot of recruits? Do you get a lot of recruits from everywhere or is it mostly kind of Nebraska and Colorado and the Dakotas?
2: Yeah, I think the biggest thing for us is obviously we want to recruit regionally first, uh, but I think, with our recruiting class that we brought in, eighteen guys, nine of them from wow. different states. So, we do have some connections, different places. Um, but yeah, we obviously we want to recruit here, home first, and then we'll
1: expand. Mm-hmm. Do you do you have a lot of pull yourself in Nebraska, being a two-time state champ and?
2: Um, you know, yeah, I think in just just um, yeah, just being from Nebraska, I think obviously I know a lot of those coaches, and, you know, mm-hmm. and helping out the Fargo camp, going to Fargo and coaching Team Nebraska. Um, you build a lot of relationships, um, yeah. so just staying in contact. And then having our big – we have a big summer camp. You know, a lot of those Wyoming-Nebraska um, teams and coaches come here, so that's another opportunity to kind of talk to them.
1: Nice. I didn't know you coached the Fargo team camp. Yeah. So you were up there this year? Yep. Mm-hmm. I nice. They had a good showing.
2: Yeah. It was fun.
1: Yeah. yeah.
2: It's a grind though. Wow.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, was it 10 days and it's just like nonstop. Yeah.
2: And, and camp itself is shoot four or five days of, you know, three, three practices a day, you know? So yeah, definitely grind it out.
1: Yeah. Holy cow. I mean, um, do you, do you kind of have like a list of, guys you want to keep an eye on and then that list kind of expands when you get there. And like, how hard is it to watch all the kids that you it want is, to watch? It is. I mean.
0: Difficult.
2: I mean, there's some guys that, you know, going in ahead of time, maybe you've already built some connections um, if they're not on team Nebraska. Um, and then you just kind of watch them. You know, I've never been the type of coach that's going to right after your match, you know, talk to you about shatter State. Um, I, I think it's important to give them space. There's mm-hmm. a, a different time and shoot, man, uh, there's kids I'm recruiting. I'm actually in their corner, um, coaching them and <laughs> right, and they finish the match. And, I mean, there's four coaches, college coaches that are just <laughs> swarming them. And so I'm, I don't like to do that, but yeah, it's mm-hmm. just a lot of them. Just, just watch them. Um, we look at, you know, just seeing how they handle themselves after the match off the mat, you know, and those type of things. So
1: hmm yeah um gosh it's i i forget who i was talking to. i think it was cody caldwell who coaches at south dakota state and it's just like it's yeah it's kind of overwhelming at first fargo is with yeah how many maths there are and how many kids there are geez i forget how many kids were at just the junior division this year it was really, crazy yeah
2: even recruiting wise it's a wild west i mean everyone has got someone there I mean, mm-hmm. see all those big Division One schools; those big names are there, and um, it's, it's definitely a big deal for sure.
1: Is that intimidating? Like, if you hear somebody's like getting just got talked to by whoever, you know, Tom Brands or Kale or whatever. I mean, do you immediately? I mean, even if it's like St. Cloud State, does that just kind of put up the stop sign for you, and like, okay, we can't well- compete with that, or do you?
2: Yeah, I think it shows us that we're recruiting the right kid. Ah. Um, and, and obviously, if it's just someone we want or is it someone that actually shows interest, um, someone that we want, obviously it is intimidating. You know, he's probably not in our league, but if there's someone that's shown interest um, to go to the Division two route, maybe with a smaller college like Shattern State, but also – would be okay to go to division one. And then, you know, then that's not as intimidating because obviously Mm they don't interest. And so just kind of navigating through that and making sure they are interested before um, you get too kind of built in and uh, intimidated, I guess.
1: Mm -hmm. Do you, do you have a lot of, um, since the whole transferring process has quote-unquote gotten easier you know or a lot of kids are starting um has Shadron State I don't know if I want to say benefited but do you see some guys from at division one kind of coming back to you and maybe contacting you after the fact
2: yeah I think there we have two division one transfers in right now um of big 12 uh, northern Colorado mm-hmm. but I think a lot of what I get there are kids that I've already recruited, right. And decided to go to Wyoming or Nebraska. And then, you know, I, I get that call later down the road. And so I was always told, you know, continue to build that relationship. You know, even if that kid breaks your heart,
0: <laughs> mm-hmm.
2: still show respect and, and, you know, I'll continue to do that. Cause you never know when you'll get that phone call, especially like you mentioned transferring is um, it is easier. And uh, the portal's crazy, and something we check daily, and um, you just never know. So yeah, continue to build those relationships with those kids, and it's
1: important. Who who checks that daily? Because I know I thought I heard that there's at least maybe it's in the bigger football programs like Alabama or whatever. Like they have somebody dedicated, yeah, yeah. to check in there.
2: Yeah, um, you know it's it's all of us, um, all three of us uh, on staff check it. And, every day you never know mm-hmm.
1: right so mm-hmm. what I guess I've never really asked what's it like when a kid comes in and and tells you that they want to transfer hey I'm just just think I need a, a fresh start or something like does that does that kind of hurt does that kind of make you think like what did I do wrong or you know yeah
2: I, you know since this. I guess in my 11th year, you know, we haven't had very many kid, kids leave Shaddington State to go wrestle somewhere else. I think since the portal, we had a kid go to an NAI school to move back home. wasn't a Shaddington State issue. But, yeah, anytime a kid wants to leave, it's, it's, you know, there's self-doubt, right? What did I do wrong? Maybe I could have built a better relationship with that, with that student athlete. Or maybe, you know, yeah, you, you question everything or even if kid um, decides to just quit wrestling um, you know, that love for the sport just disappears. And, and maybe there's something I could have done um, to help him continue to love the sport. Um, but yeah, you, I mean, you, you look at everything and you doubt everything. Um, so definitely something we don't want to happen. We want to, mm-hmm. you know, re- retaining kids is really important and a big focus for us and, and our institution. So,
1: yeah. What, um, I feel like that would be my mindset. Like, I try to save everybody, yeah. But you just you can't, unfortunately,
2: right? You know? I, I think with that being said, you have things and you have a culture, and you're mm-hmm. trying to always, you know, culture is number one. You protect the culture, and and obviously, there's kids that you just, you know, don't work in your program. But uh, yeah, you want to keep everyone, right? You want to have 40 guys every year but it just doesn't happen our sport Mm -hmm. how demanding it is and or whatever so um yeah I'm kind of like you I want to save everyone but sometimes it's better to just kind of let go and let them kind of maybe mature on their own and self-reflect on their own a little bit and so Mm
1: -hmm. yeah what what's what's been the toughest part about I don't want to say building from the ground up but you know you've you've had to start from a pretty low place and now to where you guys are going, you're returning four, four place winners, you know, like you've kind of slowly start to build. What, what's been, what's been the hardest part?
2: And just the, we actually got five, we had a kid two years ago placed at the regional tournament.
1: Ah, okay. Okay. Added one there. Yes.
2: You know, it's, it's been uh, an adventure, you know, 11 years. And and I think when I became the head wrestling coach, I had no business to be a wrestling coach um, or a head wrestling coach. And so um, I thought it would be instantly, you know, we, we would make things happen immediately. And it, it has been uh, a difficult process um, just with everything. You, you look at, you know, financials, um, scholarships, um, you look at facilities. You look at some of those things, right? It's been, it's been building and building and building, and, and finally, you know, we feel like we're in such a good place with our culture and the guys we have in our program, the recruiting classes that we're bringing in. Um, but it's been a very difficult process. Um, a lot of going home and, like I mentioned earlier, you're doubting everything that you do. Um, I still remember my very first duel as a head wrestling coach. My wife is pregnant. And I remember that day, I was just kind of out of it. I remember running a stop sign and chatting. I remember calling people their wrong names. like I was just (laughs) so nervous. Mm -hmm. And we ended up losing. And I remember going home and telling my wife, I said, I don't think I can do this because this is just... I'm just completely wore out. And I'm like, I got to do this, you know, 12 more times this year. Um, no, it's been, a, it's been a process. Um, I, I think the biggest thing that I've learned throughout this process, 11 years is building those relationships mm-hmm. and always protecting the program. And, and so that's something we really focus on is building those relationships. And I think um, good things happen from there.
1: Yeah. I mean, sheesh, you, yeah, you, you're entering your 11th season. And it seems like you wear a lot of different hats. Like, how do you just kind of keep coming back and and keep moving forward? Like it's like you said, it's gotta be draining, and you got to doubt. Like, how do you just kind of keep going?
2: Well, I think it's always you. You look at the next group, and you, and you always think maybe it's this this group that changes. <laughs> you know everything that 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 gets us back on the map maybe it's this group and um just when you recruit these kids you build those connections and and with your veterans coming back and it's just i mean honestly it's very cliche but it's for the kids um i love the relationship i have with each and one of these guys and um that's what keeps me coming back each and every year and um that's something obviously i think when that kind of disappears when that love and those relationships then that's probably time to get out <laughs>
0: mm-hmm.
2: but yeah I, it's it's the student athletes relationships that you're that you build with them that keeps yeah. pulling you back pulling you back so
1: do you still scrap oh yeah
2: <laughs> really? yeah no yep. you know it's funny because i competed um in some opens um after college when i was when i was assistant coach and then um you know I, i've done some other stuff but <laughs> I went to about five years where I was just a coach, didn't scrap with them. In the last two or three years, um, you know, I, I've ran a lot. I've been running these, we're in a 50K and these half marathons. And, and now I feel like I can scrap with them and, and be <laughs> injured. So definitely uh, important to me to get in there with those guys and still wrestle with them.
1: Yeah. Are, are they like, so it, it was about five years you said between when you didn't, wrestle with them now you do were they kind of surprised like the first time you laced them up were they like were they kind of pumped did they not know what to expect
2: yeah i i, I get everyone <laughs> i promise you that yeah um, there's not a day where i don't have someone want to re- roll with me um it, which is good um, but i know every time i go out i gotta bring my eight game but no it, it's a lot of fun um to train these guys
1: gosh yeah i remember i would always you know Get the coach, and yeah, you'd always be like, "All right, yeah. like I gotta got bring it." Like, I know. I'm like, you got to chill out a little bit, you know. <laughs> we're just drilling, or we're just sparring, and
2: yeah. I get the hundred percent. So, no,
1: it's <laughs> fun though. Yeah, back. Um, I want to go to your wrestling days a little bit, um, because you were a two-time national champ, um, your sophomore and senior year, you know. What was what was it like that sophomore year? Were you kind of expected to win, or did it, did you kind of shock the world?
2: Well, I, I think it was a little of both.
1: Mm.
2: Um, I think I was ranked fifth in the country going into the national tournament. Um, I beat the returning national champ earlier that year, and so I knew I was in the mix, you know. And and uh, yeah. I, that's the biggest thing is like my college career. I was very consistent. I didn't, I didn't have those bad matches, you know, and the guys that beat me were probably better. than me. Um, and I think the national tournament, you know, and I had to wrestle that, that returning national champ in the quarterfinals and I win, I'm an all American, um, and up beating him. And then, you know, once you kind of get in that, on that role, um, I'm um, a true believer in that. Uh, you know, I was on a roll, and, and there's no one in the country that day that could beat me, and so mm-hmm. it, it was a lot of fun. The guy I had in the national finals was actually um, Andy Picard. He wrestled at Mankato, and he actually beat me in the national duels early, earlier that year, um, so I got some revenge on him. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. And then um, how tough was it your junior year to not not get it done?
2: It was uh, it, it, it was crushing um, I, th- I believe I was ranked number one in the country going into the national tournament, mm-hmm. and uh, won my first round match, and then I lost to a kid I already beat earlier in the year, and then I lost to another kid I beat earlier in the year. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just one of those deals where um, terrible day, uh, a lot of a lot of excuses, obviously. Mm-hmm. So, no, it was it was. I'm glad I had that senior year, for sure. Moved up a weight class my senior year, just felt better. I was going to practice mm-hmm. for the right reasons instead of, you know, how much weight am I going to lose a day and, you know, how much I got to do? And so, yeah.
1: I've heard that quite a bit that, you know, back in my day. Um, and well, I guess I will say our day. I'm, I'm only a little bit younger than you, <laughs> um, but that was kind of the MO was how much weight could I lose? You know, what's my weight at? And you weren't focused on getting better. You were focused on losing weight.
2: Oh, yeah, absolutely. I think I think in our heads, it was the more weight loss, the better you're going to be. You, you know, and, and it's just complete opposite now, um, which I'm glad. Um, but, yeah, it was it was so silly because in the postseason, preseason, like my goal is always I wanted to get to as big as I could. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm.
2: It's just dumb because then you got to – lose all that all that muscle to get back down to weight so Mm -hmm. it just didn't really work out
1: yeah so you jump up a weight and was that even more challenging because you still jumped up a weight so you're wrestling bigger guys you know or were you kind of ish used to how big they were
2: no i think it was very challenging that first semester i had some head scratchers in terms of maybe some losses some division one guys but um It took a semester to kind of get things rolling um, and and adapting to the new weight class and um, adapting to maybe more lifts now or less runs and and those type of things. But yeah, second semester, I was kind of, um, I think I was second semester, I was 25 and one going to the, you know, um, wrestle that second, just the second semester. So I I was starting to get my groove back a little bit. And so felt a lot
1: better, Mm -hmm. better. Interesting. You just said more lifts, less running. Like that's, that's an interesting point, how different you have to train for a different weight class, you know, and what you should do.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it was all about cardio, you know, when I was kind of on weight and really mm-hmm. it, it was cardio based off to lose weight. It wasn't to get better, get better shape. It's just, you know, I have to do this. I remember mm-hmm. going, you know, the coaches at the time would let me into the cardio room before, like 6 a.m. in the morning and then they let me in before practice that afternoon and then I have to stay after and run still. You know, I'm running three times a day just for weight purposes and um, just some horror stories. I, I've, mm-hmm. I've told people that I'd rather – obviously it's not true, but I'd rather mm-hmm. spend time, you know, in a jail or whatever than do some of the stuff I had to do back then. Um, but, Yeah.
1: I, I think, I think most, you know, wrestlers would understand what you're talking about, that they would yep. rather do a lot of other things than, right. than cut weight. Yeah. Um, Perfect. What, what have you done? So what did you do exactly after you got your, your second Your Yeah. You won your national title, your senior. Did you just transfer right into coaching?
2: Yep. Um, uh, it was a grad assistant for, for two years. Um, and really I was, again, I didn't know what I was going to do really, but I was going to leave shattered and kind of go see the world. You know, I am from Rushwood which just 30 miles from Mm shattered. So I've never, I've never been able to kind of explore. And so, but the head coach at the time says, Hey, you know, really, he just basically says, you're not leaving. (laughs) I have a plan for you, but I can't tell you that plan. Mm -hmm. I'm like, okay, well, um, so he kept me there another year. And then uh, says, so "You know, you're taking over." And here I was. So,
1: really, yeah, just just like that.
2: Yeah, just like that. It was crazy. Yeah, I you was know, 25 at the time.
1: Did Did you th- expect to go into coaching, or did you think that's the route you wanted to go, or did?
2: Yeah, I think so. I, I think it more maybe the high school level, uh, maybe mm-hmm. college eventually. Um, I didn't understand really the. I didn't really know how to be a college head wrestling coach um, with the whole budget, just training and those type of things.
1: Yeah. Uh,
2: Yeah. Um, The the training piece, right? I thought everyone, when I became the head coach, I think we had 20 guys in Quinton because it was so so difficult because I thought everyone needed to train like I did. Mm -hmm. there was a lot of relationships being built you know it was just hard work hard work hard work and so definitely had to change some things
1: yeah what how'd you find that balance between what what you thought that you know what you were doing that was actually right and what you probably needed to change in order to you know have success because I'm sure you were probably doing some things right when you first started yeah you know
2: Yeah, I think there's some things that I'm pretty hard headed about in terms of Mm -hmm. that we'll continue to do. But I, I think what allowed me to kind of look at the whole big picture was a our results and B was, I gave them a voice. And I wanted to know I wanted the guys that I trusted, I wanted to know the feedback you know, or, or, why are, you know, why are we wrestling this way? Or why are you feeling this way? Why are you always sore? You know, those type of things and just kind of get their feedback a little bit and, and put and take that into consideration. Um, overtraining is a real thing mm-hmm. um, and, and we probably did that. And, uh, for, for a year or two, you know, and so just kind of listening, uh, body language is really important. Um, and so I don't think they were really excited to get into the restroom to, or to go to practice. Mm-hmm. And that's a huge sign right there. So,
1: yeah. Did you talk to any other coaches like about peaking at the right time and not even other wrestling coaches? Like, did you ever consult with other sports coaches, football, you know, swimming, diving, track and field? Like, did you ever talk to other successful coaches?
2: Yeah. I mean, there's not a coach in our athletic department that I'm not that I shouldn't be talking with. Um, That's huge. Different sports doesn't really matter, you know, but I my go-to guy, I would say as a recent last three or four years, it's been Tom Ryan at Ohio State. Um, we built, uh, we've, we have built a good connection, a good relationship and, and he's really kind of opened my eyes to different things and um, it's been really good to get his feedback and and how he does things. So I think if you're not trying to look for those things and, and continue to grow as a coach, um, then you're pretty hard headed. And I don't think, you know, obviously there's not going to be much to change. So always looking for, for new ideas.
1: Yeah. You kind of said at the beginning, you, um, you kind of had this one sided view of everyone should train like I did. did. Were you kind of, have you, how do I say this? You seem really like you don't have much of an ego, like you seem really relaxed and easygoing. Has that evolved over the years or have you always been like this? Like you just seem like somebody could easily, like you said, come up and talk to you and, hey, here's some feedback for you and you're going to accept it. I I think it
2: evolved 100 percent. When I was an athlete, I was. I was locked in 24 seven. I mean, there was people still to this day, they, you know, um, an old football coach, he thought I was the most arrogant guy wrestler that there was, but now he's like, now I know who you are. Like you were just so focused. And so I think, um, this job has made me evolve. Um, it's not about me. It's about them. And so, um, really important to, to, Continue to evolve. Um, mm. Yeah, I would say definitely have loosened the reins a little bit, um, and because uh, it was it was pretty tight there for a while.
1: Was that was that hard? Yeah. You know, because,
2: I- um, just the relationship piece just just communicating was difficult. I, you know, I didn't have a lot of op- opportunity to do that in front of people and just build the relationships. So, you know, it was just. Since I was five years old, it's always been about me and my wrestling. I mean, my entire life has been. I mean, there's no reason I shouldn't have been successful. My parents were absolutely amazing. They they cut weight with me. They had they, no kidding. Yeah, they had everything li- lined up for me. Here you go. Don't screw it up. Uh, very very supportive family. Very I would say structured, tough family. Um, so. Yeah, it was, it was difficult to kind of, okay, you know, there's a whole other side of things that I, I haven't really realized. And so,
1: yeah. Learning to communicate can be very difficult. Yeah. You know, how, how, how did you kind of learn to do it?
2: it took time. Um, yeah. It took a lot of time. My wife, you know, she, you know, she would tell me that, man, you're a terrible communicator. And I <laughs> I think it's been honestly just because of how I was raised in terms of just so independent, and I didn't need outside influence. I didn't need other things going on, so I was just always just really locked in. And so, mm-hmm. um, it, it, it was very difficult. And but obviously, thankfully, with this this job, I have to. Um, and so, I'm a complete completely different guy in terms of that than 11 years ago.
1: Mm
0: -hmm.
1: yeah it's so you say you have to i would say that you didn't have to you wanted to because you didn't you don't have to communicate you could be you didn't have to change Mm -hmm. but you did because i feel like you wanted to and you wanted to succeed there are some coaches who don't right and then they probably end up jobless you know looking for a new job but you know, you're, you're not one of those guys that, you know, you had to, yes, but I feel like that also you wanted to, and that, that's a big piece.
2: Absolutely. And I I think I was one of those guys, um, uh, no excuses guys, you know, just, just train hard. I don't want to hear it. You know, I think this, this sport, this job can be lonely at times. And, and, And that's really one thing is just, um, the relationship piece is so important because um, you you know how they how they tick you know how they they're motivated you know how you coach them are you the are you the kid that I can scream across the room and, and, and get after or are you the kid I need to you know pull you over and, and just kind of silently tell you and so just getting to understand the guys and, and you know obviously we have things as coaches we have to go talk to the boosters the community those type of things and, and you know I'm I'm forced to do those things mm-hmm. you know um, which is good. And so you just, it's it's just like, like you mentioned, just continue to evolve. And that's one thing I've done in terms of that and just our style and and those type of things of how I coach and what we do and just continue to evolve and build those relationships.
1: I feel like the sport used to be that way more so um, that it was just, you hear it all the time, the Iowa style, you know, the go, go, go. Like we're just going to work. Yeah. And we're going to outwork everybody. But over the past twenty years or so, everything's kind of shifted a little bit, you know, like you're saying. You know, um, you—if I remember right—do you have any paid full-time assistants? No. Okay. So you, so you're the only one who. Yeah. So I—I'm just curious. Sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, I'm the only one full-time on staff. So when you say that you have to, some some guys are where you got to ride them a little bit and, you know, you can scream at them and that's fine. That's going to motivate them. But other guys you are going to have to pull aside and kind of talk to one-on-one. How do you balance that? Or how do you know who does, like, that's sometimes where the assistant coach comes in where like, I'm this guy, you are that guy. And we mesh, but it seems like you have to be both.
2: Yeah. I, I mean, just the situation we're in, right now, you know, that's just how it is. But I think it's really, important. you know, we have two other guys on staff, um, they have to know their role, right. And, and whatever role that is, you know, we, we, we talk about that and, and you know, maybe they're in charge of those eight upperweights, um, and, and get to know those guys. And, you know, we do a lot of individual meetings. Um, they'll meet with me and then they'll go meet with them and just kind of get to know them. And, you know, I I see it a lot, but build those relationships. And, but, yeah, you know, I, I do a lot of different jobs. Um, I'm in a lot of different places. But, you know, I chose this, and, and this is what I'm doing now. So I um, couldn't do it without those two guys. It would be very difficult. But, obviously, we'd love to have some full-time positions. And mm-hmm. hopefully someday we will.
1: Is that is that something that a lot of D2 programs have is, is your situation where there's – maybe not another full-time guy on staff? I think it used
2: to be like that. I think more and more Division twos are, you know, if, if you look in our conference, the Rocky Mountain Athletic Conference, I would say there's three teams without full-times. And maybe I'm missing one or two, but I would say majority mm-hmm. of them um, have the full-time position. So, um, yeah, I, I would say D2 is becoming more – it's more common to have those full-times, at least one of them.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, but maybe they don't have the grad assistance. you know, is it, is it about the full-time or is it about the numbers? Um, so that's one of those things you just got to work yourself, you know, work it through. So.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And this is going to be, now you're working on a women's program. Yeah. This is going to be the first year for it this year. Second. This will be the second year.
0: They,
2: they did compete last year.
1: All right, right. Right. How did that kind of all really get started? Did.
2: It was crazy. Yeah. Um, I Actually, how it all worked was, you know, obviously I'm on board. I was on board with it, but they brought it to me, the president and the athletic director brought it to me and got my thoughts and said, let's do it. And, and obviously we, we did it. But in terms of like that, how the coach thing, I actually hired Elijah Jeffrey, the women's head women's coach to be my, my assistant. Um, And then he kind of showed interest into the women's position. And how it was a weird time because it was like June or July. I think it was July. So I get two assistants, right? Not full-times. We call them, they're like grad assistants, right? So Elijah is gone. He's going to do the women's thing now. So I'm down to one now. And then it's July. My other one, Chase Clayson, who wrestled for me, was all American. He got a f- head job at uh, North Idaho Junior College, so I'm sitting here in July with no assistants, thinking, "Holy crap, what am I going to do now?" But uh, luckily, you know, you, you got connections, and it, but yeah, that's kind of how it happened. They had seven girls on the roster last year. You know, he just had to find someone, uh, and and they competed,
1: and, and they uh, they had a good season. So nice. Nice, Elijah Jeffrey. That name rings a bell. He wrestled at Northern Illinois. I think he's an Iowa guy. If I remember, I think he's from. Okay. Yep. 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 Okay. Yes. And so, when you say grad assistants, are they enrolled in graduate school and they're taking classes? They're an actual student. Right, but they're just coaching too.
2: Yep, and they're limited with the hours of how, how much they can work. Um. So those are things we have to track, you know, and making sure we're not going over that. Mm-hmm. But yeah. So they're, they're kind of, you know, they have a lot on their plate too. All right. So. Yeah.
1: yeah. How, how many, how many hours do they have to take class wise? Nine, nine to be full. Nine? <laughs> yeah. Okay. So they take nine hour, nine credit hours, and then they can work. X amount of hours and yep. you have to track it. Yep. And are, are they do the same academic standards apply to them too? Like yep. if they're not, if they're not meeting academic standards, they can't be the coach.
2: Right. Yep. Wow. You know, I, especially your graduate program, I, I believe if you have multiple C's, you know, you could be dropped or, you know, so um, yeah, it's definitely same type of, uh, just like you were a regular student athlete, you know, you got a right. GPA so
1: wow yeah then I think that kind of gets overlooked is they think that grad assistant I don't think they take the schooling into it so you're right like hey we need you to coach we need you to go this weekend or whatever and it's like well I got this thing yeah. I gotta do for class yeah,
2: absolutely no it's it could be overwhelming for them. Um, mm-hmm. they, you know not just these guys but you know they've done a good job. Each state, you know, there's they care about you. They're willing to help you out. You know, mm-hmm. hey, I'm gonna be gone this weekend, you know, or I'm gonna go recruit. So they'll they'll work with you, but mm-hmm. it seems to go okay.
1: Yeah, and where so your schedule came out? Um, you guys kind of wrestle all over the place. You touch in Colorado, obviously Nebraska, Iowa. Um, do you get up to North or into the Dakotas like? Kansas, I think you even get down to Kansas. I mean, you guys do a lot of traveling too.
2: Yeah, yeah, we do. You know, this year, um, you know, we're going to go out to the Midwest Classic in Indianapolis, which is right, essentially a D two national tournament. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah, we have some very good team. You know, we wrestle Nebraska Kearney. You know, their story division defending national champions and we have st cloud coming to shatter this year
1: Ooh, yes
2: yep. and so san francisco state you know we just try and see everyone um but yeah we do travel and it's something that we make sure that we never complain about mm-hmm. um, We get in that bus and we're all about it and uh that's just who we are that's our identity that's what we're gonna do and so we're gonna get in the bus we're gonna travel <laughs> And so, yeah, we love it. Um, It's just obviously where we're at. That's what we got to do. And so.
1: What do you do on the bus to kill time? honestly
2: some of my best memories as a coach or an athlete is just be on the bus <laughs> you know, for a coach. I sit up front, you know, if I'm not working on something recruiting, I'll go back there. I'll hang out. You know, I'll, it's just, it's a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. And you kind of see them in a different environment, um, away from practice or away from, from campus a little bit. And so they, they get creative, you know, they movies, card games, whatever, you know, um, and so it, it is a lot of fun. Yeah, for sure. What kind of card games? Oh, they play all kind of pitch and that game called <laughs> Mafia. And Mom, I've never heard of that one. Yeah. No, it's a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, no, they, they get creative because obviously they know they have to.
1: Mm-hmm. A
2: lot of movies. A lot of movies.
1: Who picks the movies? You guys vote on it or do you pick it? And you're like, so- you know what? We're watching Vision Quest. Yeah. Like- <laughs> I-
2: I will get final say. It'll get first to me, and you know, if it gets past me and okay, then we'll watch it. But we just have a couple guys that bring, you know, they have a binder full of movies
0: and mm-hmm. we'll
2: pass it around. And if we get X amount of votes, we'll roll with it. If not, we'll just keep looking. So yeah, yeah.
1: So if you have final say, what what do you, what movie do you kind of like? Always hope it is, or do you have like a movie where you're like, gosh, yeah. I want
2: to i'm trying to think i'm pretty laid back but Mm -hmm. obviously i don't want to hear you know the the i don't like the for example i'm trying to think pineapple express i'm we're not it goes against everything i believe in
1: right okay yeah yeah fair
2: yep i I don't mind kind of the i'm old school rambos the rockies you know you watch you know shoot there's so many sequels there and uh yes yeah, just, you know, whatever. <laughs> I don't really like um, a lot of gory stuff, but. Yeah. No. I'll give you the when they let them watch what they want.
1: Yeah. Rambo, do you do you, do you kind of like, sometimes you just overrule and we're like, you know what, I just feel like watching Rambo today. So we're on this bus ride, we're watching Rambo. I try not to. You try not to?
2: because Ultimately, uh yeah, I always say this ultimately it's, it's it's funny with the movies but ultimately it's 13 mm-hmm. guiding them and so um no i i, I kind of let them do their own thing but there's a few i'll, I'll say hey no we're not gonna watch
1: <laughs> yeah do you have you ever like stopped a movie midway where you're like i didn't know what this movie's about they decided they want to watch it i don't know what it is i've never heard of it but okay we'll watch it and then you're midway and you're like all right we're done no,
2: not really. I'll get, um, I'll just put on my headphones or whatever. Mm-hmm. I'll get distracted, um, or something. But no, they they typically will watch the good, you know,
0: mm-hmm. crazy.
1: Dude, it seems like you guys, at least lately, um, have been doing quite a few team bonding activities. I thought I saw you on the football field. Yeah. Um. Also, saw you at uh primary school. Yeah. Is that correct? So like. You know, you guys have been also, looks like, helping out in the community and also doing team bonding stuff. Like, first off, what is the primary school and what were you doing there?
2: So, primary is K through second grade, um, where I got in contact with the principal there. And, and really, we're there for about 45 minutes. We go to different classrooms and, you know, we'll help with, you know, reading we'll read to them or we'll do math with them we'll play games with them you know whatever that class is doing at that point we'll just join them um so it could be anything um so we'll split up into three or four different classes we'll send guys in there um our guys love it and, and my son's kindergarten. So he absolutely loves it. Rest <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: um,
2: no, we do that. And, you know, obviously we want to be involved in the community as much as we can. Um, we also have our, you know, team bonding. So if we have a team retreat this weekend, where we'll go out mm-hmm. and stay in the cabins for a couple, couple nights and, and just be guys um, and kind of do our thing out there. And it's a good opportunity for us to, to have those um, team discussions and, 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 you know, with season right around the corner, it's a perfect perfect time for us to do that. And so, um, team the team bonding thing is another thing we we've evolved in, right? And eleven years ago, it wasn't that big of a thing. It was we had so many guys that were isolated and individualized, and now it's and we got to bring everyone together.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um,
2: so, yeah, we spent a lot of time on on getting creative with our team bonding stuff and, and team activities and and those type of things. So,
1: yeah, what what. What do they gain out of the primary school? Like, why do you do that? What, what's, the, what's the goal of doing and going in there and doing that?
2: Well, I think the biggest thing it, it's, so, for, for like our guys, for example, it would be to slow things down, all right? And these kids do not care if you're a defending national champion or if you've never been on the starting lineup. They're going to love you no matter what. And there's times kind of off topic, but there's times I'll bring my kids, my own kids to practice. When I know guys are, you know, a few of them are cut weight. We have a duel the next day and keep the energy light. When my guys see my kids, I mean, it just, we don't think about me no more.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, and so I try and, and, and think of it that way. Right. And, and, um, but just, just being involved um, and, and not thinking about the sport for for a little bit and think about someone other than yourself um and maybe making an impact mm-hmm. um, so that's kind of why we do it um just a cool opportunity and, and the reactions we get when those kids see us and you know they expect us every wednesday at 8 30 uh, it's a big deal um so something we'll continue to do um something we've always done for for
1: a while so really so this has been something that yeah has been okay how long have you been doing it well, gosh, probably six, six or seven years,
2: but we've done it differently, though. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, one year was maybe we just were there, you know, from seven thirty to eight, and just playing on the on the. Uh, what am I thinking of? The playground before mm-hmm. the bell rings, you know, and just trying to find different creative ways to interact with them. Uh, maybe not in the classroom setting, off. You know, out outside in, in and setting. So, um, really, it's kind of what they want. The principals, the teachers, and mm-hmm. we'll we'll do whatever. So, we do I mean. a lot of volunteer work. Obviously, we have, we help out a lot of people. You know, the wrestling, Shiner seat wrestling mm-hmm. for the first call um, when people need help with with moving things and, and those type of things. So, we're constantly trying to be able to get involved in the community as much as we
1: can. Nice. That's awesome. Um, and you said you've been doing this for a while. And do you do this like every Wednesday, you, you said? Yep.
2: Every Wednesday, um, obviously, when we're traveling, um, mm-hmm. you know, we'll, depending who we got back, you know, we'll still send guys there. Um, but if we bring everyone, obviously, we'll have that week off. But, yeah, we try and keep it so it's not, you know, hit and miss, you know, and try and always send someone mm-hmm keeps him and keeps him and keeps him in. so um the kids love it so that's why we want to do it so you do
1: it every wednesday for the entire school year Yep. wow yeah that's all i thought i yeah i thought it maybe was a one-time thing or like once a month or yeah wow time. that's awesome
2: just do uh one time get the picture and then you no. Know. <laughs> We gotta continue. Yeah, we we keep doing. it. Used to be Fridays, um, but yeah, um, obviously you're gone a lot on Fridays, traveling right. and things. So Wednesdays work really well for us.
1: How'd this start?
2: It started. So the principal there is um, uh, not to go into her story at all, but she's a, no, that's right. She's a supporter. I mean, she she loves Sharon State athletics, and not just wrestling, but the entire athletic. Um so that's kind of how it started, just building that relationship with her and, and making sure she trusts us. Um and and the kids trust us and the teachers trust us and we just something we continue to do. We keep asking, they keep saying absolutely. So um we'll keep doing it as long as they, they let us.
1: Yeah. That's awesome. That I I don't know any other off the top of my head, the program that really does something like that. You yeah, know. I
2: don't know. I don't know. Um <laughs> I'm sure at some point someone will.
1: Right. Yeah, they'll be copying you.
2: <laughs> um, some division ones. Uh, I think it was basketball. Someone kind of helped kids the first day get to class, but I don't think it was a repetitive thing cycle.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. What What's something that um, you know that at the beginning of your coaching career that you've learned over the years that that has become a staple for you? Like you guys do. You know, a lot of there's been a lot of, um what's the word I'm looking for, a lot of like different techniques or workouts that people try to be that are inventive and some work and some don't. Um, a lot of people believe in visualization. You know, like what is something that you kind of implemented over the years that, like, man, this works and this is something I'm gonna keep doing?
2: Gosh, yeah, that's a good question. Um, I would say, just coming to my mind right now, it's not a specific thing, but I would say, year one to now it was us trying to have a shatter state like this is our style and it didn't work right so what we do now is like right what you do good at what's make you great there. And so let's not say, hey, you're going to hand fight for two minutes before you take a shot. That's because that's what we do at Shared State. No, we're going to be in good condition, but we're going to help you even better where you're good at. And so we really kind of just get to know the guy in terms of, all right, you have a great scene, like Let's even get you better there. Or Maybe you're really good on top leg ride. All right, let's make sure we never get reversed there, so we'll just make you even better there. And So kind of adapting to their styles a little bit, not trying to reinvent the wheel here. Um, uh, And so that's one thing I would say. Um, We played around with the visualization a little bit. Um, You know, we do a lot of mental stuff. Um, I know that was obviously really big, probably five, six, seven years ago when that came you know, full bore into everyone's programmers, right? The mental mindset stuff. And so we do we have a meeting every week and we pick it we pick something to talk about, right? Um this week is gonna be about or last week was goal setting, the week before was motivation. So we always pick about pick something. And I, I'm always I think having meetings are really important and that's kind of answer your question. I think having meetings, are, you know, and, and having the guys there taking notes and journaling, and, and successful people write notes is what I was always told. And so, mm-hmm. having those meetings and, and just really having an agenda and, and just having those discussions, and, and so kind of yeah,
1: that I think that's the mental game. That was my weakest thing when I was wrestling was mental. Um, Gosh, yeah, it's it seems like it's come a long way. I feel like it's been like you're saying, focus a little bit more on that. Yeah. Um, how was were you ever meant? Like, was did you ever get super nervous before matches, or did that ever? Yeah, to you, yeah.
2: Yeah, and I don't know why or, or or whatever. I think it's it came down to preparation or things. I was very structured, so if things weren't lined up correctly, I got nervous. You know, before your match, well, this didn't happen before, and it always has happened, or whatever. And, and are you prepared? Right? Are you are you confident? Did you do enough? Um, and I think if if you those doubts can kind of seep in, um, but. The whole mental thing is very difficult as a coach to navigate through and make sure the guys are are believing themselves and, and not doubting themselves. And I think the more that we can put them in that situation in the practice room, the better. And so we try and um, get as close as we can to competition in the, in the practice room um, as much as we can. So,
1: yeah, how do you, how do, you do that? you know that's that's got to be difficult trying to replicate matches in practice
2: it is it is um you know whether it's seeing day uh, whether it's seeing day and live matches whether it's bringing bringing the community in and watching uh, we getting some different eyes on you right that'll bring just nerves in itself right it's not just coaching and, and whoever watching me mean, now we got the community in here um just scenario stuff um yeah it's just getting creative um putting those those situations where and uh you know down by one 15 seconds left and just having confidence hey i've been here before Um, we do this in the practice room i know i can do this you know um and just kind of put them in those scenarios and situations so and to replicate that and so they know that they've done it and they were successful and they did it and so they can do it again so
1: yeah so you have your your public practice yeah and then you also have a black and cardinal classic what's the black and cardinal classic so black and
2: cardinal is really kind of figures out who's a, who's going to be our guy um, okay yeah you know that's that's the million dollar question wrestle off. i've never as a coach i've never been a fan um, cuz we all know that maybe your best kid can lose to a guy he practices with every day. Um, So uh, we call it the black corner. There are some, some matches that we'll probably have to figure out some weight classes, but I think for the most part, you kind of already know. Um, and, in the big picture of things too, right? How, what are they doing off the mat? How are they living alive? The Academics, those type of things. So, but yeah, black and just another opportunity for the fans to see our guys. And mm-hmm. uh, maybe our guys are red shirts that, that won't get a lot of mat time. You know, it's a good opportunity to, to get them under the light. And, um, maybe have the parents come or whatever. So
1: Yeah, so, okay, so the public practice is just that. It's just a practice. It's not like kind of like a – I think Nebraska here had the challenge match or whatever, and so, you know, it was kind of a wrestle-off, if you will. Not really, I didn't think, but – so that's just a practice where the public can come in, hang out, watch the practice, see how things are done.
2: Yeah, we do it out, actually outside, too. Really? Yes, we lay out some masks. It's a cool – Nice. Because we have home football, too, so we always – with football and so you have the tailgate experience um it's just a <laughs> cool environment you got music playing it's just a nice feel good buzz going around and um obviously for us bringing recruits in you got a lot of family community people um and the guys really like that mm-hmm. so, yeah we'll do that again this year and, and uh hopefully it'll go well hopefully no, no snow or
1: right yeah <laughs> you know what I'm learning is that Shadron State does a lot of cool things with the wrestling program. You go to the, you know, you do the primary school thing. You have volunteering opportunities. You have a public practice outside. Yeah. You know, like you have a lot of different ways you bring your kids to practice. Like, yeah, it, you have a lot of things to just kind of take the edge off from wrestling.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, like we mentioned, it's just evolving, right? Trying to always trying to find new ways. Um, new opportunities for our guys because it it's not very fun to just go to practice and leave go to
0: mm-hmm. practice,
2: and leave like we gotta spice it up we gotta make sure they love the sport and they love going to practice and so whatever i can do um we're gonna do it so these guys are are 100 all in and motivated and happy and and so yeah
1: and the thing that i think that's awesome that you guys are doing is you're doing it with a budget that probably isn't as big as other. So you're getting a little creative, you know, where it's like, hey, you know what? Uh, Probably doesn't cost a whole lot of money to have practice outside on the football field. Correct. You know, or it doesn't cost a lot of money to go to a school every Wednesday morning. So it's fun, but yet creative where it's not like it's breaking the bank for you.
2: Exactly. And finding new ideas, fundraising, right? Right. and and going to the school and and having the parents see us there, you know, those are opportunities that maybe, you know, at at some point they want to help us out and and they want to come to our our home matches and, you know, and so whatever we can do to get our guys in the community to help promote our program, we're going to do it.
1: Mm -hmm. What what has been something that's been difficult for getting kids out to Shadron State? You know, we're talking about some awesome things that you do, but – You know, unfortunately, there's still that hump that the Chagrin State, you know, I think we talked earlier last year, someone thought that you actually literally rode camels or horses, you know, like,
2: no, I, I would say the biggest thing, and it will never be able to change is where we're located. Right. And, And if you don't, if you're not, for example, into the hunting outdoor stuff. There's really not a lot to do in terms of there's no mall. There's no, you know, we have things around Rapid City, South Dakota. It's just an hour and a half away. So if you want to go do those things, absolutely go do those things. But I would say where we're located would be the biggest thing. And and for recruiting purposes, right, if we get a kid to Shatter to come check out Shatter, our percentage goes way up. Because um, it's a beautiful place, our community, our, our community is amazing. Um, our campus is beautiful. Where we're located is the only place in Nebraska that's not flat. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know, we got a natural forest right here. We got you know Badlands, Mount Rushmore just right up north. You know, there's a lot of things to do. We got Fort Robinson. We got things to do here. But again, if you're not, you know into the old outdoor stuff um it's probably not the best fit and we'll tell you that you know if 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 a mall is important to you this probably isn't the very this probably isn't the best fit so Mm -hmm. i remember being recruited shower state and they told me two things they said we have a mall or we have walmart and we have mcdonald's what else do you need
1: (laughs) (laughs) what else what else have you gotten anything else since then
2: yeah, we, you know, it was a big deal. We got Domino's, we got a Runza, we're, uh, right. we're getting scooters. <laughs> no, it's, it's. Uh, I, I think selfishly, we don't want Shattered to get much bigger because we love mm-hmm. the small town feel, you know, the 2,500 students, you know, those type mm-hmm. of things. That's what's so unique about Shattered the relationships with the community of the professors and um it's a pretty unique place yeah yeah
1: yeah it sounds like a kind of like a diamond in the rough you know when you say shadrin state people might give you the look but yeah once you go there it's like wow how did i miss this place you we know a lot
2: we get that a lot
1: mm-hmm. some. and and speaking of hunting um you went hunting recently yeah you got turkey Yep.
2: Yep. yeah, yeah. yeah? Just uh, south of Shattern. I actually brought one of uh, We have a kid. It's, it kind of ties in Nebraska, but he's cousins with uh, Tyler Berger.
0: Oh, okay.
2: So Logan Berger, he's a three-time state champ from South Carolina. His dad wrestled at Oregon State, but he's a huge turkey guy. Mm-hmm. Huge turkey guy. But his dad wouldn't let him bring his guns first semester so he could focus on that as academics. So he just came <laughs> with me and, and did all his turkey calls and stuff. And uh, here we go, and and luckily, we we're close enough, I, I was able to get one. So nice. It was a lot of fun.
1: Yeah. So, you already got your turkey for Thanksgiving?
2: Yeah. Got him. Oh, right. Yep.
1: Is that how you normally get your turkey, or do you?
2: This is my first time turkey hunting. Usually, it's I go coyote hunting, deer hunting, uh, those type of things, but turkey I've never done. So,
1: yeah. Really? It was fun. Have you gone yet? Well, I guess you can't go deer hunting yet, right?
2: Yeah. yeah November second week in November, I believe.
1: Mm-hmm. And that, that's, okay. fir- yes. yeah. Is that first season? Yeah. First season? Yeah. How do you balance that with your wrestling?
2: Well, luckily, I know a lot of people, you know, it, I can go, you know, if I have a couple hours, I can go, you know, to, to the land or wherever and, and mm-hmm. go do the, We have the state land all over us, so you can, you can hunt that. And, um, yeah, you you always have those those opportunities and um I have to do a better job of capitalizing on those things. <laughs> it's, it's such you know, just get your mind off of it go go out outside, go hunt. Babe. Some you know, it's really important. So um trying to do that more.
1: Yeah. Yeah. um what about back when you were wrestling? I had I talked to somebody who he would always miss like the first because he would go first season and he would always miss a wrestling practice. He, that's the only one he, you know, he always missed that one every year. Yeah. And he paid for it. He had to like, you know, do where they circle around you and everyone got their chance to take you down. Oh yeah. So, yeah. but he would always go deer hunting. So was that something that you always did? Like, all right, coach, I'm, I'm sorry, man, I'm going to miss this practice. I got to go deer hunting.
2: Yeah, no, <laughs> uh, no, I would. In season wise, I was, I was here ready to go, but I don't and those type of things I would, I would still do. Um, it, you know, I'd go back, you know, Rushville's obviously. So we have land South of Rushville, about 30 miles. Go, I'd go home with my dad whenever I could or whatever. So, but, but yeah, when it was season, I was locked in, ready to go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What
1: What do you do? kaiho and Kyle hunting. That's something I've never really done or heard yeah. of like,
2: it's a lot of fun, um, and really you uh, you sit in a spot for like depending how long you want, know, ten
0: fifteen mm-hmm.
2: minutes, and you have a call right. And, and mm-hmm. usually it's a rabbit call or jackrabbit call and, and, and um distress call. And uh, if you got any kyles close to you, you know they'll come right where that call's at. And uh, you know uh, you know if nothing's there, then you can just keep moving. You keep moving. Mm-hmm sit for a while but it's a lot of fun because they'll come in pretty hard some some will come on a dead run some will <laughs> have look around and, and poke around and then eventually come but yeah it's fun is not do you do that at night i don't i usually mm-hmm. try to go early morning okay right before sunrise and
1: mm-hmm. yep and uh what what do you what do you save off of them the hide so you can yeah mm-hmm. You can
2: sell, sell their hide and you know anywhere from 25 to 50 bucks probably mm-hmm. so yeah I, I don't do that you know my dad does that he's, he's always done that yeah so, yeah I'm not as skilled
1: <laughs> as him, so yeah did he like ever make you one of those davy Crockett hats that you oh <laughs> no
2: no. <laughs> no I don't think I probably would have wore that thing <laughs> but no he never did
1: yeah. not to totally change things up and jump back in the time machine, but how did you start to get into wrestling?
2: Yeah, I was, I was, it was before I turned four. I was always told it was like three and a half Mm -hmm. my first season. I don't think I really honestly had an option. Um, You know, just talking about, how I was raised and and the family I was raised in. My parents were very supportive, um, but they knew exactly what, you know, what they wanted me to do. Um, And I think I remember I I started when I was four and my first year I went four and two. That was my record.
0: All right. (laughs) Um, (laughs)
2: Yeah, I went four and two and then I came back the next year. and I think I was 16 and 0 the next year. And so it was just one of those things. And I, I think... Having success kept pulling me back, um, but it was you know very challenging. Uh, it was uh, very difficult at times, um, mm-hmm. but yeah, that's kind of how I got started and just kept rolling. So a lot of a lot of stories, a lot of stories. That's for sure.
1: Yeah, like what?
2: Parents <laughs> try to kill me, but uh, I remember we went to Topeka, Kansas. I don't know how old I was. I was twelve or thirteen, maybe younger than that. But I I got fifth in, fifth in the country. It was national.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: I'm I lost a lots of Brent Metcalf. Mm-hmm. So I remember I got fifth, and we're we're getting ready to leave Topeka, and I remember my mom saying, "I don't know why we came if you're going to get fifth place." <laughs> that's just kind of how it was right Mm, right and i think wrestling just wrapped them i mean it just it it was just one of those things where uh, as a parent you're just so invested like i said they you know they cut weight with me um they never never would eat around me um i had every meal was prepped um it was just so laid out. Like it was just, I felt sorry for my sister I mean, poor her. Cause she, she probably hated every second of it, you know, mm-hmm. so that's just how it was. Um, I don't know.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did you ever get that burnout feeling or did you ever feel like, man, you know, what? I'm done with this sport, man. Like I'm done.
2: Yeah, I absolutely got it. I, I Multiple times. mhm. So. But I think I remember getting it when I was in college, and I think the biggest reason why I I continued to do it was obviously, you know, I had to think about someone other than myself. You know, my parents and all the time and money they invested in me, um, selfishly, you know, I didn't want to just quit Right. And so I think when things get difficult, I tell my guys, you got to think of someone other than yourself. Right? You know, because you quitting doesn't just affect you, it affects the program, it affects your parents, the family. Um, it's not that, you know, wrestling isn't everything, but it does affect every decision you make. And so if you decide to just quit um, because you don't want to do anymore because it's hard, uh, you got to think of someone other than yourself. And so mm-hmm. that's what I had to do um so yeah
1: yeah so you just in those times you just thought of the people that kind of supported you through the times and kind of yeah, 100%. through it. I, I think everyone gets to that point I mean I haven't talked to anybody who hasn't said that where they're like heck yeah I wanted to quit like
2: yeah things things my junior year of college I was in a low 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 spot right
0: mm-hmm.
2: that was one of those times where Um, I had to, obviously I was successful, so that helped tie me in, but I think I was so stressed about repeating and having that, you know, I was the first national champ in Chatter State since 1970. Mm -hmm. Um, and so there was a lot of pressure that i never really understood how to handle that. So I think that also played a huge part of that. Um, I didn't know how to handle those situations, and, um, so I had to, you know, have those deep discussions, you know, with my parents, with my coaches, and, and think about someone other than myself. And, and I was ready to be done. Um, mm-hmm. I didn't, I didn't want to go out my senior year um, and be disappointed again. So,
1: why did you go back out?
2: Well, uh, I think the biggest thing was you know, having those discussions with them and, and knowing that I have one year left and um, I have an opportunity to right the wrong. And uh, I, I think there was going to be some new training ideas, new things in terms of what the head coach was going to have us do and me going up a weight class. So I was kind of getting that itch back. I was kind of getting excited. Maybe me going up will, will help. Um, there was a lot of variables, a lot of things involved in that decision. I never – Quit or or was going to right, but mm-hmm. you know, see in the back of your head you had to get that love back. You had to get that mm-hmm. that fire back. And I think there was a lot of variables involved in that.
1: Mm-hmm. Right. I guess I should ask why did you stay out? Because obviously, yeah, you didn't quit. You know, yeah. it, it may have been in the back of your mind. you are like, man, you know, is this really what I want to keep doing? Um yeah. But yeah. So, what? What did? What kind of changed? you know, besides just going up a weight, you know, that because you still had the pressure of winning a national title, and now you're kind of like, well, it, can he even do it again? You know, now there might have been more pressure on you, even if you look at it.
2: Yeah, I, I think I myself had to come to a place where I needed to enjoy it. I, I think I had a lot of self-reflection in terms of not everything has to be perfect. Like, you don't have to go out here and win a national championship. Right. You just do your best. Right. And very, very, very cliche. And I understand that, but mm-hmm. really it was about me more than anything. It's like, what do I have to change? Like, you got to quit putting so much pressure on yourself. And there was pressure of like, was my sophomore year, was that a fluke? Um, I had to, you know, I had to figure that piece out too, you know, and, um, and that's part of the reason why I want to go out my senior year and, and, and continue to do what I'm doing is to prove people that wasn't a fluke how mm-hmm. am i gonna in four years right win it one year and, and not place the rest like that isn't a, that's a total fluke
0: mm-hmm.
2: so i definitely wanted to do that and again it came down to my parents as well
1: mm-hmm. yeah i guess two things to that one um i understand the feeling of like gosh was that a fluke you know what was this path to the national title whatever national title is national title. Like, there is no fluke about it at all ever for anybody winning an national title. In my opinion, you, <laughs> you, you know, yeah. so, um, but I understand feeling like, was it a fluke? Um, but then also going into your senior year, um, mentally, how did you take that pressure off yourself? You know, you said, I feel like that's a lot of people would put pressure and be like, oh man, I have to do this. I have to win. I have to win like this. And you just seem to flip yeah. the script and.
2: Yeah, it took a lot of time. I, I think me not winning it the year before played a huge part of that. Right. I didn't have that. I couldn't imagine trying to read, you know, a three, trying to do it. When it, when it, you know, go out in my mm-hmm. seat here and try and do it again. But no, I, I don't know. It was, it was kind of like, I just had a fresh start new weight class, um, I kind of figured out some things, you know, my social circle, I never did. I was a guy that never drank in season or anything like that, but I still had some friends that maybe, um, mm-hmm. shook, and so I had to figure that out. I, I really had to get kind of selfish a little bit. Um, and so, you know, I made some changes in terms of that. And so just really got refocused and, and didn't, wasn't concerned about weight cutting, wasn't concerned about any of that stuff. I was like, I mentioned earlier, it was, I was going to practice for the right reasons. And, mm-hmm. Um, and there was a guy over in Kearney and you know, I was trying to beat, um, we had a lot of battles and so just trying to try to just take one week at a time. Um, mm-hmm. and so, yeah, it was, it was a lot more enjoyable my senior year than any other year
1: yeah what what um I like to ask this because wrestlers are like you've been saying known for cutting weight and so there's always a food that they like to enjoy because they have to either not eat it anymore or so that, what what was your favorite food or what was that crutch for you that you had?
2: Probably just like that I couldn't that I couldn't eat or wouldn't eat mm-hmm. um, probably just a simple cheeseburger. I wouldn't do it. Um, I I remember it was, yeah, this is where you get really, you know, you're cutting a lot of weight. I remember taking, I wouldn't have soda. Like I I would have, uh, I would open Diet Pepsi, a can, and I'd pour it in my mouth and I'd just sit it there and just move it around my mouth and I'd spit it out (laughs) just to torture myself. I don't understand it. Um, That's when you know things are – not going the best. Um, no, I would say, honestly, I don't have a specific food, pizza, hamburgers, cheeseburgers, those type of things, those things you miss the most, the grease. Mm -hmm. Right. And so, yeah, all that stuff.
1: Yeah. Do you have like a guilty pleasure food where you're, you know, like do you have like candy bar that you would like to eat?
2: Uh, that ice cream. And I would say Mountain Dew. I love Mountain Dew. Um, yeah just stuff like that man that sugar anything
1: Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah um yeah do you i'm trying to see do you have cauliflower here a little bit here really
2: because i never did i actually got it a little of it last year so i have to wear my headgear constantly and part of it because i always thought i i sweated more
1: (laughs) Yeah. Oh really?
2: Yeah. Uh, yep. Yeah. So I always wore my headgear to every practice out,
1: and just never did get it. Wow, you're probably the first person, you know, yeah. at, everywhere. You know, obviously, I one of my friends' dads, we would go to a national tournament. He would call it the cauliflower ear convention. You know, yeah. but wow, yeah, I'm impressed. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> did it work? Did you actually lose more weight? Do you think?
2: <laughs> maybe I, maybe initial sweat to begin with, and then obviously
1: no. Yeah. What kind of headgear did you wear? Did you wear one of those like you know the Cliff Keen ones? Is yeah. that what they were with the chin cup? the yep. chin cup. Yeah. My
2: senior year, I had a chin cup. Mm-hmm. I was at the the throat or under the chin.
1: Oh, really? okay, okay. You said under the chin. Yeah. Okay. Why? What? Why the switch?
2: It's a good question. I really don't know. Be with you.
1: There's
2: mm-hmm. a lot of weird things that you do that you're, just, you know. I,
1: I was always a double sock guy. I remember what? That. Yeah, you wore two pairs of socks yeah. when you wrestled. Uh huh. <laughs> Why?
2: I, I don't know. It, I, I think you know, if you just have success with one thing, you're like, I can't stop this now.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> Having the right. Ankle band, you know, and putting it. I was. I always made sure after the match I put them down the right way, like stacked right on, you know, on the green line or the red line, and mm-hmm. stuff like that. You just that's what wrestling does to you. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. Yeah.
1: Two socks. Okay. Two socks. Hmm. All right. Um, well, um, yeah, I guess we can just wrap up here. The first, the last thing that comes to mind, I guess, is just what it meant to you to win at a place like Shadron State. You know, it's not this wrestling hotbed. It's not this program with this list of, you know, credentialed athletes or wrestlers. And here's Brett Hunter, two-time national champ. You know, right?
2: You know it it meant a lot then it still means a lot. Now, you know, obviously you don't have those, those discussions. And so it's kind of nice to have this discussion with you. And I, I think it it, it, it meant a lot just for the fact that, you know, I was close to home. Oh. Um, and I decided to come to Shatter State because of that. Right. And just those relationships that you build around the community, um, I, I wanted to do something, give back, you know, whether winning two national championships did anything or not for, for the community or not, but um, meant the world to me and still does, obviously. And, you know, I know the town of Rushville, a thousand people, I think we're at like 900 now, you know, I oh. still to day. I don't know who did it, but they built a billboard um, home of Brett Hunter, two-time national champion. So that, really? yeah.
1: That's you know, awesome.
2: The town of Russell, you know, we were very successful when I was there. We won three city titles. It's a wrestling community. We went back there a couple of years ago and did a duel there, filled the place. That's what it's all about, and you know, that's why I think, you know, obviously I wanted to wrestle charity so I can have them have their support, and, and I was fortunate to to have success in college and give back to the community.
1: Hmm. Were you was. Was winning the national title, you know, was that a goal? Was that something that you dreamed about, or was it something that just kind of, you know, you just kind of kept getting better, and all of a sudden, boom, the national title happened?
2: Yeah, so good question because I, I you know, being a Class D guy, right, two times a champion, who really knows,
0: mm-hmm.
2: and who really cares? I, I remember going in thinking, you know, my senior year, by, by my senior year, when I graduate, I'm an All American. But like you mentioned earlier, you just continue to get better. There was a there was a grad assistant we had, t- Travis Peak. My mm-hmm. freshman year, he beat the living crap out of me every single day. And I would say by year two and year three, it, you know, I was beating the crap out of him. And mm-hmm. it, it's it's guys like that. It's a program like that. You know, we're we're all about developmental, and, and I'm a perfect example. Class D, small school. And just continue to develop, continue to get better,
1: mm-hmm. uh,
2: and that's what we're all about. So,
1: and I guess one last question for you: Why did you? Did you why did you go to Chadron State? Did you have offers elsewhere to go, maybe someplace else?
2: And yeah, you know, I, I had offers. I could have went. You know, I just didn't know what I wanted to do. Right? I think I don't remember saying this, but my dad told me if I wouldn't have wanted my senior year I would have been done but I don't remember saying that but I guess that's kind of where my mind was right I didn't know uh, but Sh- Shattered State was just I never really thought about shattering because it, it was always here right and um, but I think why I, I I decided to come here was just because I mean you, you come here and people know who you are and they shake your hand and look in the eye um, that was important to me I wanted to be known I didn't want to just be a guy you know And, and Obviously Had my family close You know How many community people Came to our home duels um, To come support me and, and we had You know We were 6th in the country My sophomore year And we were ninth in the country My junior year And I think we are 10th In the country My senior year We had A good team um, And so That's what it was all about And uh, The town of Shatter Is just an Incredible place And um, The support that we
1: had So mm-hmm. Yeah Well yeah, if it were me, man, I, I'll i I'll tell, like, you, you're you one of the first programs that I would say, hey, you know, you should probably go check this place out, you know, um, just from the fact that, you know, you got me, you got me a believer, you know, and, and I just believe that it seems like your trajectory is going up, yeah. which is where you want it to be. You got five, five returning uh, yep. <laughs> place winners, not four. So, yeah. well, you sure. know, yeah. yeah, it's maybe not have happened as fast as you want, but your day's coming, you know, Yep. I mean, Carney took them how long just to win it? You know, I know they were up there and still, but you know, they never could get over the hump, but dang it. They kept at it and they did. So same, same goes for you.
2: Yeah, no, uh, we're excited. Uh, Continue to do the right things. I think good things will happen. So,
1: yeah. So cool. What, what's the, what's it look like this year for you?
2: Yeah, we're really excited about this group. we I mean, yeah. you got your five returning regional placers. We got some uh, a few transfer pieces that we're excited about. Um, we didn't lose anyone from last year. We got a few few uh, freshmen that we're really excited about. You know, not to go through every weight class, but um, I really feel like um, this year we can do some good stuff.
1: Um, yeah,
2: you know, I I really do, and so um, time will tell.
1: Right? Yeah. Right.
2: Ourselves, you know, with Nebraska Carney, first duel of the year, November 13th at third place. So, see where we're at.
1: Right. Yeah, right out of the chute doesn't, yeah. <laughs> doesn't get any harder than that. Let's yeah, go. I'm just looking at your schedule. Jeez, yeah. Laramie, yo, you go to the Cowboy Open. A lot of Colorado. Yep. Yeah, man, you are New Mexico. Yep. and then the ncaas are actually near my hometown so up in cedar rapids so yeah that's pretty neat
2: and and to add to that we actually host the regional this year in chatter
1: oh yes yes i see that yes super super region number six
2: that's our qualifier so
1: yes that'll be cool have you hosted before
2: so it's funny because i hosted that was my first year as a head coach we hosted really yeah
1: awesome so it's been 10 years yeah 11 years ago wow
2: yeah it's just a it's a rotation
1: okay. oh okay
2: so next year you know we'll just continue rotating
1: Thanks again for listening to this episode of the Let's Talk Wrestling Podcast. Special thanks to my guest, Brett Hunter, for taking the time to sit down and chat with me. Cover art created and designed by Kristen Gill. Please feel free to rate, comment, and subscribe to this podcast. You can also check me out on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Snapchat to hear more of my content. And as always, be sure to tune in to the next guest of the Let's Talk Wrestling Podcast. Take care, and we will see you next time.